0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty-two of Behind the Scenes of Happiness: Motivation for Motivators. I'm Christoph. I'm your host, and today I am very excited to be talking with Coral Syrett, who is a qualified nutrition advisor and coach, and she helps people stop yo-yo dieting, reach and maintain their healthy weight using plant-based nutrition. And also by changing their relationship with food forever. Hello Coral, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: Hello Chris, I'm very well, thank you and thank you so much for having me on your
0: show. No, it's great and by way of background and introduction for our listeners, I met Coral at a at an event about two months ago, and I was struck immediately and I've never told it this, but I was struck immediately by her presence and how radiant she looked. And it's really a testament of how she very much walks her talk. It's a result of living a healthy lifestyle, and the foundation of that is of course her healthy diet. And I thought Wouldn't it be interesting to bring Coral on the podcast because normally I interview fellow motivational speakers, coaches, therapists, counselors, etc. But today we have a coach with a difference on the show, so to speak, because it's time for our audience to also explore how we can not only maintain our mindsets, but also perhaps take a look at what we eat and how we eat and perhaps also why we eat or too much at times so Coral this this is why I brought you on the show today how does that sound to you
1: oh that's very very (laughs) kind of you that's a lovely thing to say thank you yeah I do believe it's really important that what I advise people to do is what I'm doing myself and I know from you know my training and many years of experience that this works and can be so positive for people to to live this way and as you say, it is a lifestyle. So it's it, it's very much centered around the food, but also other aspects of a healthy lifestyle. I do try and encourage people to consider as well, things such as, you know, exercise and mm-hmm. uh, sleep and stress management, um, all the sort of things that I'm sure um, all your listeners are very aware of. But mm. um, it's, I think it's very important that we don't look at those things in isolation.
0: Correct. Uh, mm. Yeah. So it's not like there's one holy grail. It's part of a set of things that we can do. Definitely. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your journey in a nutshell, if that's possible, Coral. What (laughs) what put you on this path?
1: Oh, um, well, I I went vegetarian when I was 16 um, and that was a few years ago now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I wasn't, um, I wasn't interested in nutrition or a healthy lifestyle at all at that age. And quite typically through my twenties and into my thirties, it was very much about my career and alcohol was involved a lot in that. I don't drink alcohol now,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, but I was, you know, typically doing what a young person would do, I suppose, at that age. And it wasn't, I suppose, even when my mum had a stroke at the age of 48, that still didn't trigger in me the need to start looking after myself. It was very much uh, a few years down the line that I actually became a bit more aware of my own mortality right. and wanting to do something positive and becoming just increasingly interested in nutrition. Um, I, I went vegan uh, nearly 12 years ago. But again, I wasn't really focusing on the, on the food side of things. But once I went vegan, I decided I wanted to do it properly and I wanted to be a healthy vegan and not just rely on lots of mm. replacement, uh, meat products and things. So it all sort of stemmed from there really becoming more interested in the sorts of foods I should be eating. Right. You know, I, I wasn't, I was never really keen on green vegetables and now I love them. So mm. it was just, you know, a education really. And the more I learned, the more I would discuss it with people. And I started just, just, give people little tips and a bits of Mm -hmm. advice, you know, very casually. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I thought, right, I really want to do this as a career. (laughs) So after, you know, studying part-time while I was still working, I took the plunge and uh, left full-time work to start my own business um, about 18 months ago now. Right.
0: So as you were experiencing the benefits of eating better, you felt more and more inclined to share that wealth of information or that growing wealth of information with with the world
1: yes definitely yes and uh, not just from a weight you know i had struggled um to shift weight for quite a long time and it really helped me to focus on real food rather than processed food and it's not an all or nothing approach certainly mm-hmm. um when i'm talking to people about it i i you know i've that's the approach i've gone for in the main but I, w- I want people to un- to, to sort of realise that they don't need to always be preparing fresh every single day. I, I may, you know I, My approach is very um, practical and pragmatic about these things because I realise people have so much going on in their lives. So it's about incorporating um, some of the things that I've learned and getting people to start adding those things in and to increasing those sort of habits and routines and things. And so it's what's helped me to maintain my weight for many, many years, even, you know, obviously we're all getting older, but, um, a time that traditionally people can start to really struggle Mm -hmm. and that's without obsessing about food. It's not about dieting. It's not about counting calories. It's about enjoying Mm -hmm. food, but enjoying the right sort of food. And it's not just from, as I said, from a weight loss point of view, it's from an energy, Mm -hmm. skin clarity, (laughs) you know, lack of brain fog. And, you know, just feeling alive and feeling, you know, not having aches and pains and Mm. having sort of certain issues that can all be related to a poor diet or a poor lifestyle.
0: It really, I mean, just listening to you, it it sounds like you really have found the magic formula. Uh, Mm. There's radiance, there's positivity. There's other all all the great stuff that comes across. So I'm I'm really looking forward to exploring this more throughout our conversation today. And I, I think we need to rewind a little bit and unpack the topic of plant-based. If you can elaborate a little bit on that, Coral.
1: Sure. Yes. Um... It
0: sounds it sounds a little bit extreme at first.
1: Yeah, I think um, a lot of people are probably eating quite a lot of. Um, I don't use I, I use the word plant based rather than vegan because uh, for me vegan is a whole lifestyle. So, and also you can eat um, a lot of vegan junk food if you wish. And so for me, it's it's a whole food plant based diet. Um, I tend to just refer to plant based. It's a bit less sort of wordy, but it's all about focusing on real food. It the food that we were meant to eat. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people will be eating some of that more than perhaps they even realise. Or certainly there'll be some vegan food that they're eating without really realising. Something like, you know, baked beans on toast, for example, or mm-hmm. a jacket mm-hmm. potato with some salad. So, it, yes, I appreciate it can seem really... It sounds exciting. very
0: green. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. So it's about... it's almost like thinking about where you already are and considering what changes that you could make and it might be you know one meal at a time one day at a time Um, you might decide that you're going to swap your maybe not having breakfast for example to having some porridge or some overnight oats or something with some plant milk you know those sort of things really don't take very long to do and for me it's about plant-based rather than you know, if somebody doesn't want to do it, you know, 100%, then it's about doing what you can as and when you can.
0: And that includes fruit, I imagine?
1: Yes. Um, So a plant-based diet is um, a diet based on fruit, vegetables, uh, whole grains, uh, nuts and seeds and legumes. So legumes, include things like beans, Mm. uh, lentils, chickpeas, those sorts of things, really. Yeah in their whole real form so that could but you know you can incorporate that what I've you know those those foods into so many different meals and it can just be sometimes a case of swapping perhaps one ingredient maybe you know the if you take it like a chili for example it could just be taking in the meat out of the chili and popping some kidney beans in instead then it's a plant-based meal so I, yeah, I'm really uh, passionate about encouraging people to just try some things and to swap mm. some things around, not get hung up about it, not get stressed about it and just do what they can and not get bogged down in all the detail, especially if it's quite a new thing for them. Yeah. yeah and, and, and just trying to make it easy.
0: <laughs> to, absolutely. And I suppose getting creative and having fun mm. is part of the well-being overall strategy.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I... I love trying out new recipes but I don't like spending hours and hours in the kitchen Um, and I really don't like all the cleaning up and everything afterwards so I'm not going to be telling somebody to be oh you've got to cook these foods every single day I'm very much about okay what can you make in bulk you know does you know for a soup that serves two we'll make eight portions instead and stick the rest in the freezer yes um the same with a chili or a curry, you know, any of those sort of things. Burgers, I make up my own burgers and then just stick them in the freezer. They, mm-hmm. so you, you know, exactly what you're eating. You can control the levels of salt and oil and sugar, which is another thing I feel really strongly about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you, yeah, you just know what you're eating. Um, I think we've become quite detached, really, from our food, and we've just forgotten what food is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to contain. You know, food food is there for us to enjoy but the actual reason that we eat is you know to provide fuel for us to provide nutrition to give us energy to build our muscles and so much of the food that we're eating is just not doing those things you know it's very uh calorie dense but without any um many nutrients that we need
0: this is so interesting Whew, I have so many questions lined up at the moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the first one is: you mentioned vegan junk food a while ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't <laughs> even know there was such a thing.
1: Oh right, okay, yeah. I must apologise if I ever say things because I suppose because I've been in this world for such a long time, I can make without meaning to. I make assumptions. Oh, it's
0: great. Let's let's talk about it. What's vegan <laughs> junk food? Is it and wow. is it really that bad?
1: Generally, it it's. In a lot of cases, I think there's, um, and I think it's quite understandable, and I, I went through this period as well, so when I went from vegetarian for ve- to vegan, I thought, oh, I'm giving up chocolate, cakes, crisps, biscuits, because I was still eating all those things, I didn't know what to put in a sandwich, you know, I didn't, I had relied on certain uh, products mm. as quick, easy meals, and then I was a bit stumped, and I, I did feel like I was sacrificing So then when you find out you can still have chocolate cakes, crisps, biscuits, ice cream, all those things, particularly now, much more than when I went vegan. You have to try them because you can eat them because they're vegan. So you get quite excited about that. But (laughs) I realized quite early on that that is not going to serve me, not going to help me with my health and uh, my weight loss um, endeavors at the time. So there is a lot of food out there. I think just junk junk food in general can be vegan or not vegan and I think if people are having that now and again or relying on some of these um sort of replacement products as a transition period I think it's really useful but Mm. so many of those because I I'm always scanning the supermarket shelves and going online looking at convenience products as well as recipes for my clients because i know that people however much planning some days they just don't have something handy mm-hmm. so it's trying to find something that's reasonable that they can just keep in the cupboard or the freezer and make up a meal really quickly when it's you know mm-hmm. all the good intentions of planning and everything have gone out the window and something unexpected happened okay. but with so many of these products you look at the a lot of our um products in the uk now have traffic light labelling mm-hmm. And that will tell people if a product is high in, um, you know, things like fat, salt, saturated fat, those types of things and, and sugars obviously. So a lot of, um, if we take veggie burgers, for example, or veggie sausages, a lot of those will be high in fat and salt. So as I say, if it's something that you're having now and again, it's really not, to me, it's not a big issue, but it's not something that people should be relying on Mm -hmm. because of those. And that's, that's the same with most processed foods that are around. They, the the sort of levels of things like fat and salt are just absolutely. Yeah. They're they're just not healthy for us. You know, it obviously depends what else you're eating in the day, obviously, mm-hmm. and you know, day to day.
0: It casts my mind back to I'm going to say, for argument's sake, like ten years ago, Coral, when my then partner was vegetarian yeah not vegan but vegetarian Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that things are very different now but some of the the food and i'm trying not to drop the name of the label (laughs) but it begins with a Q. um, (laughs) I because i have pictures of myself back then and obviously it wasn't the the happiest time of my life but my skin whereas today i'm pleased to say i'm i'm quite happy with you know, the appearance of my skin was very different at the time. And I think it was because I had no knowledge of what I was eating, so to speak, I was just, whatever was being served, I would follow in that lifestyle and, and Mm -hmm. just, you know, I was on board, but it was very obvious that some of that food, that replacement food, so to speak, was not serving my body well. So I'm glad that you kind of validate that there is such a thing as, you know, too much salt and too much fat, even in what you initially think is is good food or better food.
1: Yeah, I I just think whatever whatever type of diet that you follow, Mm. whether you eat meat or not, it should be focused on real food and not as minimally Mm. processed as possible in whatever your beliefs are or whatever types of diet you follow. I think most and And that's kind of that's something where nutritionists and do, you know d- doctors and dietitians will generally agree on there's Ooh. lots of obviously conflicting information about lots of other things um, and I think most people are in agreement there that we have kind of lost our way a little bit and i I think a lot of it is people 's lifestyles now. people say they don't have time for cooking, so this is something that I really um, address with clients in terms of you know, if you plan your supermarket visit, if you plan out your meals for the week, if you check what you've got in the cupboard and the freezer, you might think, oh, that's going to take me ages to do that. But if you spend that half an hour thinking about what you've got already and what Mm -hmm. you want to eat and even, you know, with some flexibility because, you know, every people's uh, weeks can pan out differently. Exactly. But it it would just save you time. You won't be wandering around Mm -hmm. the supermarket thinking, okay, what should we get? You won't buy too much. You won't waste food. You won't eat more than you should because you want to use something up so uh, yeah i'm a real great believer in meal planning and doesn't necessarily mean you have to prep everything on a sunday and spend all day sunday prepping it can just be making extra portions of things or finding you know other meals that are quick to make you know things like stir fries or you know some of the soups i do they just really they take a few minutes to prepare and then you can Put them on the the cooker top and go off and do something else for twenty minutes. It is just, and I'm very well. I am always focusing on solutions and how to help people, and um, rather than you know, and addressing those barriers, but rather than thinking something is a problem, thinking okay, can yes. we yeah. find a solution to this? Yeah. Because that that's not helpful to anybody.
0: Like you said, it's it's very practical, pragmatic. You know, to the point. Mm.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you get the protein question a lot like if I change my diet how, where do I get my protein from
1: it's it's funny actually because I get it a lot less than I ever used to so I right. don't know if things are changing but I know a lot of people I speak to I've been I've done various mentoring um, positions over the years and that's always a question people say oh my family are asking me about this uh-huh. so I think because you know I I'm friends with all sorts of people, but I think the people that have known me long enough, they don't ask those questions and um, new people. I just think it doesn't, it does crop up. Yeah. And I think it's, it's understandable that it crops up and I would never view that as a, you know, a silly question or anything, because I think we've become, well, I'm not quite sure how it's happened, but we seem to have become a nation that's quite protein obsessed to me. You know if you go into a supermarket, you 'll often see products labeled okay. high in protein <laughs> okay, yes i'm so yes, I do get asked it and um but not not to a, a huge yeah. extent, and I mean most food has some protein in to a greater or lesser extent it's not just in animal products. Obviously, it's in things like nuts and seeds and legumes. But, you know, even things like bread and rice and pasta, they've all got protein in them. It's just important that you get a wide range of foods to make sure you're getting the, without going into lots of detail, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's different amino acids that we need as well. So you need a balance of different types of food. So I do encourage people to have a a really good variety of food as well to make sure they're getting the range of nutrients that they need.
0: Beautiful now um, (laughs) i i hope i'm not gonna scare you here coral but i would (laughs) like to go down what some people might perceive as the woo woo road um because here's why i'm saying this many of our listeners are natural empaths we are people who find ourselves listening to people, feeling people, energetically picking up on stuff. And therefore, it is a, well, I don't want to generalize, but I'm going to, I suppose. It's a, it's a well-known fact that many empaths tend to overeat. And apparently it is to keep our energy levels up because we kind of, there's spikes and drops and spikes and drops. And Mm. to kind of manage that, because it can be scary. I've experienced it as well. Um, I'm doing a seminar, I'm doing a workshop. You have anything between 50 and a hundred people in the room or more. That's a lot of energy you're up against. And so- Mm you know, on your way home, there is an energy drop and you are tempted to grab the nearest packet of crisps or something (laughs) that's not necessarily the healthiest of foods that you can get your hands on. Um, Is that something that resonates? Have you any experience? Can you give us any tips as to what can we do instead? Yeah,
1: it certainly resonates with with me. And it's so funny because actually I was talking to a client the other day and they were talking about when you go to the petrol station and then you go up to obviously there's pay at the pump options now in a lot of places but now if you need to go into the Uh kiosk you'll be walking past those foods that have been put just there for that you know on the grab and go not really thinking about it um impulse buy and i i said to her i i was so relieved when pay at the pump came in (laughs) Many years ago, I can't remember when it was, but it meant I didn't have to go in and I didn't have to look at the bars of chocolate because Uh that's where I was at that point. Right. Um, Now I can walk past those things and I just think, no, Mm -hmm. that's not Mm -hmm. for me. But I completely get what you're saying. And there is a genuine reason why people will crave certain foods if your energy levels are low, whether that's you haven't had enough sleep or you've got a stressful, you're in a stressful time. Uh or you know, you're just you used up a lot of energy, whatever those reasons are, there'll be, there is a biological reason why you want something quite quick fix mm-hmm. and generally quite refined carb sugar type things. For some people it's crisps and it's that crunchy texture. It's quite satisfying. And for a lot of people it can be chocolate
0: mm.
1: or, you know, biscuits and things. So this crops up all the time when I'm talking to people because it, It can. It's generally the main reasons are things like boredom or upset. Um, It could be they're lonely or angry. Mm. You know, it's any kind of emotion you want food to make to feel better. And Mm. even though people know there's going to be a knock-on effect to that, that immediate feeling better. And if certain foods will actually bring up your blood sugar levels, they could affect your serotonin levels. You know, there's lots of things going on, and and I think it's. It, it can be quite difficult to sort of unwrap some of that because, unlike other less healthy behaviours, mm-hmm. we all still need to eat. So, mm-hmm. say if somebody like is you know, wants to give up smoking, they can give up smoking. I, I'm trying to help people to to, to choose better foods, but they've still obviously got to eat. Exactly. Mm. So it's um there's, so there's different ways you can you can manage these things. So one of them is choosing something that is. A healthier option and having things to hand i'm a great believer in eating fairly regularly especially if you're somebody who's prone to cravings mm-hmm. to um, manage your blood sugar levels because it's when you get that real dip that you'll want something very quickly to get you back up again so yeah. if you can keep them they will naturally go up and down that's that's what happens but if you can reduce that roller coaster of blood sugar levels and to even things out and balance things out it doesn't And it's worked, you know, it's definitely worked for me and it's worked for clients that you're not constantly craving those things at certain times of the day. I think unless you have a specific event, like you said, you know, a speaking event Mm. for a lot of people, it will be that sort of mid afternoon crash. That's Mm. a really dangerous time for people. Um, You know, if you're at work and you go off to the vending machine and things. Um, So I would suggest choosing having something to hand that is a healthier option. But the other thing is distraction. Go for a walk if you can, have a chat with a friend, mm-hmm. um, maybe lie down for five minutes if you can or meditate or watch you know read your favorite book you know there 's just anything that works for you that is going to take you away mm-hmm. from the food that you don 't actually you know you 're not hungry and and then you may then decide to pick something that's going to serve you better mm-hmm. and just actually recognizing that that is what 's happening, and I think we 've become quite sort of detached and we'll often eat unconsciously you know we've become a society where people are grabbing stuff on the go eating out on the street you know and how much are they actually taking in of what they've eaten you know actually taken the time to enjoy yeah. the food and to recognize what they're eating and to savor the flavors and the textures and things so it's it's about so I do bring in a bit of mindfulness around it. I was it. just
0: I was going, going to say, it's like mind yeah. evening, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: So, so mindful eating could be something like sitting down for your evening meal and not having loads of distraction on mm-hmm. and focusing on your food and taking your time because it's been shown in various uh, research. If you the quicker you eat, the more likely you you, you are to overeat because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your brain needs about twenty minutes or so to recognise you're hungry. So if you eat quicker than that, you're going to potentially keep eating or going back for a second portion or have a dessert that you really, you know, you've had enough to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but when you're out on the go or craving something, again, it's about being mindful and just being aware and taking a moment to recognize, yes, I, I'm craving Mm -hmm. a packet of crisps or a bar of chocolate, but that isn't genuinely what I need right now. What I need right now is a hug or a chat yeah, exactly. or go and lie down or you know yeah. whatever it is that works for you and recognizing it that that food isn't going to actually help yep. that specific uh emotion that's happening it might you know it will make you feel better but it's not actually helping long term mm-hmm.
0: beautiful i'm currently reading a book about ikigai Um there's a japanese concept called achi which means only eating until the stomach is 80% full and knowing, yes. when, knowing when to stop. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I really resonated with that. I mean, I, I don't overeat, but I can... Yeah, you know the difference when between, oh, that was lovely, and actually, I'll have some more. Well, do I really need some more? Probably not. Mm,
1: and I, th- I think that's the issue, particularly with, with a lot of processed food, your body doesn't recognize it in the same way because you can be you could be really um you could be overeating a a lot you know you could be quite overweight or you know there could be some issues going on there but you could be completely nutrient deficient so the more processed nutrient depleted food that you eat the more you're going to want to eat because your body's saying, I need some nutrients here. Mm-hmm. So that just adds to it really. So the more whole foods you eat, the more uh, real food that you're eating, the less you are likely to do that as well.
0: How bad is coffee for us, Coral, or is it <laughs> Because you're talking to a coffee um, enthusiast, shall we say. <laughs>
1: um, well, I think there's, there's a lot of various research out there. I, <laughs> I I think the well, I think something like coffee to me would be about moderation. Mm. But then what is moderation as well? It's going to be different for different people. I have a, a cup a day. I have a cup of coffee a day. Right. Um and I think for a lot of people it really depends on how you are. If it makes you jittery and mm-hmm. if it makes you feel a bit strange, then you you are going to be somebody who's a lot more sensitive to caffeine than somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's a it's good or it's bad and um, I think it's like a lot of food really you know people end up lab- things certain things can get labeled and I think it's very much about how much you're having of those things um, and how you react to those uh, foods or drinks as well um, I think the issue with coffee is it can put us it is it is a stressor so if you're already quite stressed or you're a stress eater an emotional eater i do encourage people to to cut down on the caffeine and sometimes there can be this association for any of your listeners who are my age um they may remember an advert on the television i won't say but it was talking about (laughs) a cup of tea being too wet without a biscuit basically Uh and i don't know why but that really stuck with me for ages and i think for me tea was associated with a couple of biscuits and oh. coffee may be associated with something else for other people. So I think sometimes those associations aren't very helpful uh, for people. So it's sometimes just swapping things around and perhaps having, you know, introducing some herbal teas. There is um, dandelion coffee. It's like a coffee. It's a dandelion root coffee that mm-hmm. is supposed to be a really good substitute for people that really like the smell of coffee. And it, it's supposed to be a really good replacement. And I think just getting used to some different tastes as well. You know, if uh-huh. you do want to cut down, I mean, it just depends how it's affecting you. And I think anybody, you know, somebody who maybe has got any sort of heart issues, you know, caffeine does affect your heart rate and things. So, um, or if it affects your sleep, I would certainly uh-huh. make sure, you know, perhaps no coffee after midday or no coffee after three p.m. and just see if your sleep improves. You know, I think it's very much about whether it affects you.
0: I heard somewhere the other day that when you drink a cup of coffee at lunchtime, it actually stays in your system until midnight. That, Again, uh... I
1: think it de- very much depends on you. It depends how much you're eating. It depends how much you're exercising mm. and how strong the coffee was. And was it a double <laughs>
0: espresso or
1: was it a, a cappuccino? I, yeah, I think that, yeah, it will stay in your system, but
0: I'm not quite varying great. degrees. Sure. Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely. See,
0: this This is what I love about your, approach um coral you actually wrote it down here you educate you don't judge and you provide alternatives as well Uh, yes so that makes your approach very accessible to people because i would imagine especially when we talk diet we think weight and lifestyle it can come with a lot of shame and it's it's a highly personal topic isn't it
1: Very. And I think, um, yeah, I'm always, I always feel quite um, very humble and very blessed, I suppose. I don't um, Mm know. When people really open up to me and tell me some of the issues that have caused, you know, the, you know, that they have result, you know, have meant that how they relate to food are the result of that, you know, really very personal things and sometimes Mm -hmm. incredibly sad. But I think sometimes, obviously, it's easier to speak to somebody who doesn't know you and who you know isn't going to judge you and is, is there to help you and support you. Um, but also to make you accountable as well. I, I'm not here just to, to listen. I'm here to advise, but also to make sure you actually do some of those mm. things, because that's, you know, obviously that's why I'm here to help people. And a lot of people that I work with have labelled themselves or been labelled by other people. And it could be for decades. Yeah. You know, they they associate themselves with being a fat child, mm. or they were the one who would never get picked in sports teams. Yeah, I yeah. I was one of those, <laughs> and it can really affect you for many many years. You know, you la- you can label yourself a failure. A lot of people I speak to, they've got partners who are very supportive because they say you're fine as you are, but they are not fine as they are. They're not feeling fine. They're not as energetic as they want to be. They feel uncomfortable. They don't feel like they want to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they can be a concern about what other people think, but also a lot of it is, uh, you know, this sort of this sort of chatter going on, this self-talk. And sometimes people will say things. I say, well, would you talk to a friend like that? Mm. Say, well, well, no, I wouldn't. And okay, okay. Well, you need to start yeah. being a bit nicer to yourself. Yeah. Start, you know, bits of self-care, but that does take time, you know, because people will look in the mirror and start saying things and thinking things about themselves rather than thinking about the positives, you know, what they can achieve, what they have achieved. And the fact that they are seeking help as well. I've, I've said that's a major step for you to actually acknowledge that you need some support yeah.
0: and you're actually doing something about it. And in some way or shape or form, all of us can benefit from support at different times in our lives, don't we? Oh yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're setting up a business, like
0: <laughs> absolutely, um, and that's why we. I'm gonna unashamedly plug my podcast here, but I suppose this is where we have 21 other episodes for people to, you know, explore where we talk more about improving your or enhancing the way you, you know, the internal dialogue, the relationship you have with yourself. So, mm. Coral, thank you so much for. A very inspirational, educational, and in part very reassuring and encouraging conversation. I know that you offer a free five day meal plan on your web page, and you also have a free Facebook group where people can come and explore your work. Where else can people get in touch with you?
1: My website is zest-health.com and then you can sign up to the uh, five-day meal plan there. You can contact me there. I've got a Facebook page, uh, it's Zest Health and it's at Zest Health Living. You can get in touch with me via the website, via my Facebook page and then the free Facebook group is called Lose Weight, the Plant-Based Way. And that is really for anybody at all who is interested in exploring this Uh, way of eating it's completely non-judgmental area for people to get support and advice and tips and recipes Um, I have got got some additional recipes on the website as well so yeah it'd be great to um, see some of your listeners there and I'd love to welcome them to the group and also I'd love to know what they thought of the five-day meal plan as well hopefully it will show um, how easy it can be to incorporate Uh, some of the meals and some of the snack ideas um, into their
0: daily food. Wonderful. Coral, thanks very much for your energy and your insights. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks
1: ever so much for having me. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you.
0: Same here. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you very much for listening today. For more inspirational podcasts and free spiritual talks and meditations, please visit christophspiesens.com, where you can also find the links to all my social media channels. If you're enjoying Behind the Scenes of Happiness, why not leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform? That's all for now. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Bye for now.